Thank you, Jesus. It was just interesting, they were singing my favorite worship um, song, if you like, you know, He Deserves All the Praise. It's such a beautiful song, and it's what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, a good while ago, way before COVID, God kind of spoke to my heart and told me, I live on my own and my family have gone and I don't have a job. I'm saying I don't have a job. I'm not looking for a job. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, your life hasn't got that normal discipline that you would have. You have to get up to catch the bus. So you can get, and I wouldn't be by nature a highly disciplined person. So he knows that. So he told me, he said, every morning I want you to pray in the spirit. The minute you wake up, no phone, no Facebook, just pray in the spirit for an hour. Now, I would be a person who prays in the spirit, but I could see he was putting order into my life. And the other thing he said, I want you throughout the day to just keep praising. Praise and something else. Call those things that are not as though they are, just as you go through your day. And I heard teachings about this, and I thought, okay, Lord, I do praise, but he was looking for something more serious. And I thought, I always be saying to him, you know, see, where's that in the Bible? You know, I knew that was God. And, you know, in Psalm 34, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. So not just on a Sunday, not just now, just all the time. And then Hebrews 13, 15. Let's continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So what he was saying all through the day, now there's Obviously, there are times you're speaking to people, you're doing things. But in those spaces, fill it with praise. And they can do it in the spirit, praying in the spirit. And then I thought, why the calling? I, I always have to analyze things. Call those things. What was he saying? Anything that's in your life that's not right, speak the way it should be. If it's healing you need, if something happens, say, no, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. That back is whole in Jesus' name. That family member is saved in Jesus' name. And I realized he was preparing me particularly for the isolation of COVID for two years. And I have had my friends, my beloved friends who are Christians for 100 years like me, who kept saying, the devil is coming. The devil created COVID and everything that went with it, the death, the sickness, the fear, the, the, everything. But the other thing, and I'm sure you would identify with this, he tried to get into our thoughts as we were alone. You know, he would speak stuff. He would just talk negatively. We need to ramp up and get ahead of him and start doing stuff. And praise is powerful. It's something I just realized. And you know, when we praise this morning, do you not feel the presence of God? He, he wants our praise, not for him. He doesn't need his ego fixed. It's we need it. There's something about praise that it's not just a nice thing to do. It is a powerful, powerful thing to do. 
So, you know, just if anybody finds their thoughts and, you know, I was talking to somebody this morning and, and you know, in that area and the accusing and all this, keep praising God. And we're going to look and see. We'll just look and see why it's a good thing. Just keep it in your heart. And not to go around saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Please. Do it as if you're standing before the cross. Do it as if you're looking at Jesus Christ bleeding and dying for you and saying, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, what you did. Do it from the heart. Do it that it's really, really coming from a heart of gratitude and love. And do that all day long. And what does that do? It keeps the divine connection open. We have a line of communication with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit all day long. We don't have space times. Now, those of you who work and get up at six and go on the bus at certain say, how can I? Well, there are space times the bus times, walking around times, the cooking at dinner times. Don't fill it with nothing because the devil will fill it. We need to keep just saying, God, I love you. God, I worship you. I praise you. You're my father. Look what you did for me last year, last week. I'm so grateful to you. And learn to become a praiser. I believe it's going to be a powerful weapon as the world gets more and more fallen. We hear so much stuff out there. We need to combat it. We need to fill it with things that are pure and holy. So I was just looking, why, why is praise such a significant thing that the Father wants us to do it? And the first thing is, when we praise God, now you notice we said in Hebrews, the second scripture, let, <clears throat> let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes we're going through things. Sometimes we're having things coming against us. We may have some diagnosis that was a bit difficult. We may have a relationship that's causing us heartache. It's a sacrifice to praise. That is when we ramp it up. That is when we start to praise. That is when the power is needed. So, you know, when we praise God, what is happening? We're communicating. We're in communion with God. And I believe if we praise God in a trial, if we praise God when things are difficult, it is one of, it's the highest form of faith because it's not normal. It's not normal when something happens to go, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Not for the thing. We're not thanking him. He doesn't bring the hardship. But when we praise him, we are continually keeping that flow going, particularly at the moment we need it. You know, you can say, I don't understand this God, but I trust you. I trust you. You're my dad. You're for me. You're not against me. You love me. And that, you know, that keeps us going. That keeps us from going into the negative. We must keep, because faith is everything. Faith is the thing that activates God on our behalf. You know, the natural response would have been, why didn't you protect me from this, Father? Where were you? How? You know, we never ever say that because that is negative. That's exactly what the devil wants us to say. Even if you think it, I mean, Joanna was saying this morning, that is a choice. This is a choice to praise. It's a choice to praise when things are bad. You know, in James 1, 2, which as a scripture I could never understand, counter all joy when you fall into trouble. I used to think, what on earth is that about? But you realize it's so powerful. I'll read it to you in the New Living. When troubles come your way, now you maybe have troubles right now, just be encouraged that there's a way out, that there's an answer. 
You know, 1 Corinthians 10 said, you know, things will happen, but it's no different from the rest of the world. Everybody's got bits and things going on, but he'll always give you a way of escape. What's the way of escape? An answer. He'll give you a strategy. He'll give you a way out. He'll give you the means to get out of that thing victoriously, not just out, but victoriously. And James, it says, when troubles come your way, consider it it's not but you consider it you take it as an opportunity for great joy so when something happens instead of saying oh no say whoopee here we go here's another victory coming and it's not easy you know don't share it with your unchristian friends they'll think you need to be taken away for when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow what's happening you grow stronger you go you you grow tougher david defeated a lion then he defeated a bear with his bare hands with the power of god then he was ready for goliath so when you face someone say well this is getting me ready for the next thing and the next thing because jesus said in this world you'll have trouble how true <laughs> but he said i've overcome it we need to do our part he overcame it but we are co laborers with god god needs us to do our bit and this is our butt and so this and it, then it says then when you do this when you count to all joy you will be perfect never perfect mature you'll be a tough guy you'll be a john wayne in the spirit okay you'll be complete do you know what that word means whole in body it brings physical healing sickness can come from stress heartache and disease so, you know, it gets you healthy, lacking nothing. It puts you in a good place, puts you in the place of good, you know, good health and, and provision with God. So when, you know, who, who has my commandments? Now, this is obedience. God has told us to praise him in difficult times. Let's be obedient because one of my favorite scriptures is John 14, 21. He who has my commandment is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. He will have my commandments and keeps them. If you obey me, you know what he says, my father and I will love you. That doesn't mean they don't love you if you don't obey. It's saying we will pour our abundant love on you and I will manifest myself. Manifestation is when God jumps into your kitchen. He jumps into your office. He jumps into your body. It's manifestation is your answer. It's the, it's the thing you're longing for. And that is if you obey. What are we obeying? The command to praise. Okay, so praising is good. Paul said something in 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always. What does that mean? No matter what. When you lose the job. Or when the partner says, I don't want you anymore. Not partner, we don't do partner. But you know, <laughs> there's a marriage problem. Just get on to God. He'll solve it. Okay? And then in the same, in the same scripture, 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, 18. In everything, give thanks. Not for everything. We never thank him for the bad. But in it, keep thanking. That's your way out. I remember one teacher saying, when I'm in a trial, I don't look for something that says exit. I look for joy, rejoice. That's the way out. It's not the exit that is the way out. So constant praise keeps us connected to God. And it is the highest form of faith. The second thing that praise does for us is it keeps us stable. You know, the devil wants to rock our boat. 
He wants to make us depressed. I'm sorry to go on about him, but you know, he is around at the moment. We're in a fallen world and it's fallen pretty quickly, faster and faster. We have to be strong Christians. We are the ones who are going to take the lead. We are the ones who are going to be the army of God and help people in their distress. So we need to be tough. Can't be a soldier with your armor half hanging off and you don't know how to use the gun. Okay, so it keeps us stable, especially in a trial. And it's really what you focus on. Your focus, what are you going to look at? Are you looking at the problem or are we looking to God? You know, if we keep our eyes on God and his power, all the, the negative thoughts go away. You know, we can't think of two things at the same time. It's impossible. Our brain can't do that. Even Pastor Don can't do that. Two things, two things at the one time. If you keep your eye on the word of God, if you keep on the power of God, if you keep your eye on what God has done for you, calling those things that are not as what they are, if you can call what, the, what you expect to see, like Abraham called himself father of many nations, even though his wife was barren and he was a hundred, he called what he wanted to see. That is the most powerful faith scripture. Call what you want to see as though it's done, because in the heavenlies it is. It, God said to him, you are the father of many nations. And in the translation, the new living, it said, in the sight of God, it was done. God sees all of your problems done in the heavenly places. He's looking at them, but you have to pull them down here by your faith. You have to get them down here. How do you do it? Keep praising God and call for that thing. Summon it. Call it. Call your healing. Hitesh, call your wife. I know we would love to get married now. <laughs> but okay. Anyway, call. <laughs> so speak the word of truth into your situation. And then you get stability. You're no longer feeling powerless. That you're not a victim of the enemy. You are a victor over the enemy. When you do this, when you start, when you start praising God, it's over for him, you know. There's one, I was going to read out this quotation. Joanna, I've heard it because we tend to listen to the same lady that preaches. She quoted Norval Hayes, who was a, a wonderful man of God. He died a few years ago at the age of 90. It's good to listen to these old men. What did he say? <clears throat> he said this. My children basically love me, but they live in poverty, sickness, and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessing because they don't worship me enough. Teach my people to worship me more. I am their God, and they're my children. If you teach my children to worship me more, I'll do great and mighty things for them. What does it mean, worship me more? God is not looking to be worshipped for his ego, as I said. What is he saying? Worship in a prolonged way don't it's good to do it as we go along the day because it stops the negative thoughts but we must have these times of intimacy with the lord what's he saying stay and worship me in my presence till the anointing comes and the anointing will break the yoke the anointing and that worship will break the sickness it'll break the disease it will break the panic attacks it will break all the negative things in your life. So when he said that, don't just make it a, a quick thing. We do it during the day, as I said, to fill those spaces so the enemy doesn't attack. But we need to spend time in the word, but also in his presence. And in his presence, worshiping him is where he can really act. This is where we see that manifestation. So, set, so it, that's praise. It's the highest form of faith in a trial. 
It is stability, and it also is the place of answers. And then finally, this is the one I really like, it gets rid of the devil. He cannot stand it, because he used to be the big shot in heaven. He was the one who was organizing the worship in heaven, and now he's out. He has nothing. He has got a horrible future. He is absolutely powerless in that we have power over him. He has no armor. The only power he has is deception and fear. That's why COVID was his whole idea, because it filled people with fear. You know, in, in Psalm 8, verse 2, in the Passion, the Lord says, sorry, this is the Passion, love your Lord, your name is so great and powerful. It's a worship psalm. People everywhere see your splendor. You have built stronghold, a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up from the chorus of singing children. What is that saying? Children are very pure. Do you remember Jesus said, unless you're like a little child, you won't see the kingdom? What's he saying? Simple praise from the heart. It's not just necessarily three-year-olds. Simple praise from the heart has the most power in it. And then it says, this kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. So we need to keep him quiet. He only has a voice, that's all. So we need to keep him quiet, and praise does that. Psalm 149 is another psalm that's great. Praise, now listen to this for praise. Praise the name with dancing accompanied by tambourines and harps. Well, we haven't got them, but we've got other stuff, which is much more sophisticated. For the, for the Lord delights in his people, he crowns the humble with victory, and that word is health. When we really get into praising God, power comes. God's answers come. Do you remember when David was rejoicing? when the Ark of the Covenant was coming back. He took off his kingly robe and he went loopy in the public place. He was dancing and singing. Some of the words in praise in the Hebrew means to whirl around. And he did that. And his wife, when he came home for dinner, said, well, that wasn't very appropriate. You know, that was, look at you. What happened? She was made barren. God didn't like it. What did that say? God liked David dancing like that. He loved his exuberant praise because it was coming. David was a worshiper. David was a young boy who knew his God on the mountainside. He loved his God. He was just, his heart was overflowing. So we need to have that kind of praise in our heart. Now listen to the rest of it. Let the faithful rejoice that he honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. There you go. Have a good praise session on your bed. And then it says, verse 6, let the praises of God be in their mouths. And here we see praise is an amazing weapon against the devil, a sharp sword in their hands. It's good to praise, praising with the word of God. You've got a double-edged sword then. To execute vengeance on the nations. Now, these words, nations and peoples, talking about the demonic. In the Old Testament, it was actual nations that you fought with swords and spears. For us, it's the demonic we use with the sword of the word of God and praise, okay? To execute vengeance on the nations, punishment on the people, bind their kings with shackles and their leaders with iron chains. We have got absolutely tremendous power in our praise. If something happens to you, just praise God. Just keep praising God and it's, you know, speak that word of authority. 
So, you know, that's the three things that praise does. It is a high form of faith, keeps you stable, and then also it attacks, it gets rid of the enemy. He has to go. I mean, I've heard people say, you know, people who are seers, and they see what's happening in the spirit realm, and they said when the demons hear all the praise, they gather up all their stuff, and they're, we are out of here, and they go, okay? Realize what's happening. Now, just if, oh, I'm doing quite well, Joanna, it's only... She told me I had to be finished early. Right, to, I wanted to turn to, what? Oh, I see, okay. All right, ma'am. Uh, can I just say something? When I have her there, pardon? Thanks, John. <laughs> Who do I obey? No, I just want to say something. I'm sure she won't, won't mind me saying this. Joanna, about six years ago, had a nervous breakdown. She just got burnt out. She'd never, I mean, I lived with her all my life until he took her away. And <laughs> it was okay, too. Um, she was always very stable and easygoing, never gave me a day's trouble. She was just easygoing. And she suddenly got this horrific thing. It was an attack of the devil, but it was also, she was doing too much, didn't look after herself. She was just going, going, going. And she just broke, and she was, you know, suffering from nervous and panic attacks and so on. And, you know, she prayed, and we, you know, we ministered, and people kindly worshiped, prayed with her, prayed for her. But one of the major ways, if you would agree, she stayed with me for a little while, because five children don't help when you're having problems. And she, she sat in my little room and listened to worship, and she worshipped, and she worshipped, and she praised. She spent hours doing that, and I believe that was one of the keys to her victory in coming out. And you know, that James 1 scripture saying you come out mature, lacking nothing, the anointing on her really grew when she emerged from that. You know, the devil always fails if we stick with God. Very often when you're about to step into something, you get hit by something. That's when you praise your way out of it. But you know, I just noticed the new maturity immediately, you know, just, just because there was a focus on the word of God and the worship. The worship really was a huge key. So, you know, be encouraged by that. And you say she's doing okay now. So praise the Lord. Could we turn to two Chronicles? There are just a few little scriptures I want to look at. And you know these things, but they are so powerful. You know, the word of God is endless. You could read the same thing every day for the rest of your life, and it will always encourage you because it has the life of God in it. This is the story of Jehoshaphat, and he got out of the most incredible, horrific situation by praising. That's all he did. And you know, he had one of his spies looked out one day. We won't read all of it. We'll just go for refer to it. He, they looked out one day and there were three armies coming against them. This was a big attack of the enemy. All these Old Testament stories are principles for us to grab a hold of. They're not nice just nice stories for kids to draw pictures of soldiers in Sunday school. It's for us to grab a hold of and do the same thing. So they looked out and he saw these three armies that were going to completely defeat them. What is the first thing you do? If you look at 2 Chronicles 20, verse, where are we? Four. No, three. Jehoshaphat feared, well, wouldn't you? And he set himself to seek the Lord. In a trial, don't go to the negative. Say, Jesus, here we go. Help me. Okay? 
and proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. He took this series. So they fasted, and then he speaks to God, and this is his form of worship. O Lord, verse 6, O Lord, our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? What's he doing? He's praising God, but he's encouraging himself. He is speaking. You go and you have a trial. Say, no, God, you got me out of this last time. Jesus, you defeated the devil on the cross. By your stripes, I was healed. And that's what he's doing. He is doing the principles in the Bible, okay? And verse 7, Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people and gave it to the descendants of Abraham forever? We have a covenant. He's talking about Abrahamic covenant. We have a covenant with you. And then he goes on to say, look at verse 12. These people attacking them, they had, going, were, had been going to attack them. And God said, no, leave them. Let them come through your country. He said, look, we didn't attack them. Now they're doing this. You deal with them. And God says, okay. Right, verse 12. Will you not judge them? Now look at this. This is our attitude when something really comes against us. We have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. That, you know, Jesus said, without me... You can do nothing. We can't, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, without us, you know, it says, without him, we cannot. Without us, he will not. Did you get that? Because he needs us to cooperate. He created the earth with Adam and Eve as his co-operators. He still does that. He cannot do a thing until we cooperate. And this is what he's saying here. Our eyes are on you. And Father, you help us, okay? So they do. And then the, the Bible strategy is hilarious. He said, okay, in verse 17, well, in verse 15, the end says, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. If you've got something going on at the now, just say that. It's not my battle. I belong to you, God. Jesus, you identified with me. We're one. You're in us, and we're, we're all one. Jesus, this is your battle. They're not just coming against me. They're coming against you, so you fix it. You fix it. I'll believe it. I'll do what you tell me to do, but it's your battle. That takes a lot of pressure off, okay? So 17, they get a prophetic word. If You see, what they did, they went before the Lord. They fasted and prayed, and God gave them this strategy. If you've got a problem, go before the Lord. He will always give you an answer. Like we said, the way of escape. There is always a solution out of your problem. There was a solution out of Fetishus. It looked, it looked tough. Ten years is a long time. He's got out. He had his way of escape because he was faithful. And now God can bless him. Okay, and we believe for the wife as well. Okay. <laughs> so what he said, verse 17, you will not need to fight this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And they got this really strange instruction. He said, go out in front of the army. Go out on the battle, even though all these people are coming against you. Stand there and put the praise and worship team out there. Can you imagine if Ireland was attacked and they said, okay, the government called up and said, could we have Jason? Jason Clulo and all the gang come out and stand in front of the army. The people of Ireland would be a little bit uneasy. Page 22. 
when they began to sing and praise, now they came out, you understand, they didn't stay at home in their tents and shiver. They put their armor on and they went and faced it. When we have a battle, we face it. We stand against it. We keep the word of God in our mouth and we keep praising. They had courage to do that. If you ever watch a Western and the cowboys are down here and then on the horizon, there's all the Indians with their spears and their feathery things and they look terrifying. It must have looked like that to them. An army three times, four times greater than them. So, he said, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and they were defeated. What did they do? They all began to fight each other. The demons don't get on with each other. You realize that? They get thrown into confusion. This is a picture of the devil being totally routed. And then in verse 25, it says they went out and it took three days to gather the spoil. They got weapons, they got jewelry, they got stuff. So not only did they come out of it victorious, they came out of it far higher, far better than they started. Why? Because they praised. That is a lesson in praising. Now, the other one is the book of Acts, which you all know, but you all knew where I was going next. The book of Acts was Paul and Silas in the prison. Now, that was another horrible situation. I mean, in Jehoshaphat, they were facing death, torture, complete end of all of them, women and children. It was a horrendous situation. Here we have Paul. If you turn to Acts 16, verse um, 23, they were preaching. They were doing the work of the ministry. I know a young man who was caught speeding. And he said, he said, I said, God, I was doing the work of the ministry and I was coming home, you know, and that doesn't work with the guardie at all. Okay. <laughs> it says they were, they were in prison. They'd been whipped with many stripes. That was the same kind of whipping. This is a Roman prison and they were whipped something similar to Jesus. And then it said they were put in stocks, their hands and hands and feet were tied and this is a Roman prison, and it said they were put in the inner prison, which would have been the darkest, coldest. These prisons were absolutely horrendous. Apparently, I think it's this one that the city sewer was underneath. It would have been full of rats. It would have been stinking. I mean, there was no restroom with sanitizer gel. It was stinking. It was horrendous. And, you know, people would have been screaming and swearing. And what did they do? Verse 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. I am sure they said, God, what will we do? And the Holy Spirit, your way out, praise. I'm sure they got that word. That was their way out. They started praising, and look what happens. 26. Suddenly, you get a suddenly when you're in a big mess, okay? If you've got a really big mess, praise, and you'll get a suddenly. There was a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately, you got a suddenly and an immediately in this place, and everyone's chains were loosed. Now, you know, your freedom can touch a lot of people. You know, anything that happens to Pastor John and Joanna affects us okay? In your family, whatever happens to one member affects all. But in this case, the whole prison's chains broke off. Heavy metal chains and metal doors just went, God did that. And the keeper of the prison came out expecting to die because if you let a prisoner escape, well, you're, you're finished. He got saved. His family got saved. They got, they had water baptism. That shows you how important to that baptism is. 
the minute and this horrible crisis, let's get baptized, you know, let's do the water baptism, okay? What happened? That was praise in an intense situation and it breaks the power of the enemy. It's a symbolic thing. You know, it's not just, it's not just an interesting story. And the very last thing I want to look at is Abraham. How are we doing? Very well. Abraham, Romans 4. Look at Romans 4. He didn't have a, a horrific situation. He wasn't in that awful battle where he could have died or tortured. He wasn't in that awful prison. But Abraham had to wait 24, 25 years for this promised son to be born. Now, Abraham didn't do all that well till year 24. He didn't, his faith wasn't great. The reason why he was called the father of faith was he was ready maybe 15, 16 years later to kill that son. That's where his father of faith titled. But God put an hitch in his name, which is a, a symbol, is the name of God. And he started to hear, call those things. That's where the call those things that are not scripture comes from. Look at Romans 4, 17. Call those things that are not as though they were. That is why combined with praise is a huge weapon. Call the thing. And he went around saying, I'm Abraham. I'm the father of many nations. And she would, Abraham would say, Abraham, go and put the trash out. He heard, father of many nations do that. Father, he heard it and heard it so that it eventually, and it said in the sight of God that was done. He got his miracle. But the reason, there's another reason. Verse 18 it said he was believing. Now, this was after he got this name change. It says in verse 18, contrary to hope, in hope believed. Don't give up. Faith is extremely important. Never give up your faith. God said, Jesus said, only believe and you'll see my glory. If you've given up on something, don't. Pick it up again. Pick up your sword. Pick up your Bible and keep going because you might be just a few days away. Don't let it go. So in contrary to hope and hope believed, and, and verse 19, and not being weak in ways, wait, faith, he did not consider his body already dead. That is a huge part of praising and calling. Don't look at the negative. Don't look at the lump. Don't look at the drinking husband. Well, you have to look at him, but don't look at this thing. And <laughs> don't keep your eye on his drinking. Don't, you know, don't focus on the, the pain or the diagnosis or what you've heard. It's there, but you're not ignoring it, but you're not putting your focus on it. You put your focus on what God says. Don't ever believe anything more than what God says. Can I tell you that story about the woman with the lump? I've told it before, but it's so good. It's so helpful. The lady who went, um, it was a, a testimony. This lady had a breast lump and the doctor felt it and they sent her to the hospital to get a scan. And she was, she was a Christian and believing. And they were scanning it and suddenly this doctor turned the screen round and said, look, there's the lump. And that's what we're going to have to deal with. And she said to God, oh God, it's so much harder now that I've seen it. And he said, it's what you see greater than what I see. And she said, no, God, I believe Jesus bore my sicknesses. And at that minute, a white light went round the screen and sat in front of the doctor and it started to go in and in and in and the lump disappeared. Now, you've heard that before. I love telling that story because it so blesses me. But it's what you see, what you feel, what you've heard greater than what he says. No, 
Just believe the word no matter what and keep praising. That adds fuel to the whole thing. So Abraham didn't consider. If you're considering something at the moment, stop it. Don't consider it. Consider him. The high priest of our confession. What's that? The high priest of our words. Confession is when we say the same as he says. The high priest in the old days administered animal sacrifice. He is the high priest of our words. So our high priest of our confession, that's where we keep our attention. Don't look at the thing. It could go in a minute like the chains in Silas and Paul's case. And the last bit, I'm going to read you verse 20 in the Amplified. He grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. He undergirded his calling those things he's not considering with praise. He just kept praising God. And one day, bingo, Sarah did the test and she said, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I know, you know, and she was 90, you know, it's old age and he wasn't doing so well either. He was 100. Anyway, so praise the Lord. These are things, these are things that prove to us there's praise. And as I said, you know, we don't, don't praise them for, fun, you know, just ra rabbiting it on. Say it from the heart. So, you know, I hope, you know, if there's somebody here that's had a long drawn out situation or there's something really frightening happened, just go back to God and say, God, I trust you. You are my father. You've said that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. My youth is renewed as the eagles. Or the best one is with God, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. So praise the Lord. When we're about to take communion, I did it, Joanna, 12.40. <laughs> she threatens me. <laughs> He's the one she should threaten. Give me 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. <laughs> okay, so... Can we hand out the elements and just let's, let's make it a communion of praise, shall we? And maybe could we sing that lovely song, You Are Worthy, what is it? Oh. Yes, worthy is the name. Anyway, could we hand out the elements and just let's focus on what communion is about. Communion is telling us, saying thank you to Jesus for what he did for us on the cross. And the new covenant that he brought for us. We thank you, Jesus. We just bow our heads. And as the elements go out, if you don't get the elements, put your hand up. We just praise you, Jesus. We just praise you, Lord. We thank you so, so much. There's nothing ever that we could do to thank you enough but we see it's praise. We just praise you and we thank you. If you never did another thing for this Jesus, that would be enough. That you gave your life in inexplicable, incredible pain, torment, torture, just so that we personally, it was for us personally, get it? If you had been the only person who would have done it for you, that you died for this Jesus. And then you did an amazing thing. You went to hell, defeated the devil, and you rose, and then you left and left us your spirit. The first creation failed, but you made sure that the second one didn't. It said, you are a new creation. 
a new creation. Old things have passed away. You gave us new life. How did you do it? You came to live on the inside of us yourself. One of the, the great major things of Calvary is that you paid the price for sin. We wouldn't have to go to hell. But then you came so that we would not fail again. You came to live on the inside of us. When we leave this place, we bring you with us. You're in us. We are one with you. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. It's inexplicable. It's something we can't get our little minds around, but we just thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that precious blood. Thank you for all that you did for us. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Father. Thank you for the plan of salvation. You would have been perfectly justified after how man fell in destroying us all, but you didn't. You sent your own son to take the blame. There is no other love like that. So, shall we? Has everybody got their element? Your, bro- your body, Jesus. Father, let us get a revelation today that your body was so torn, so bleeding, that every part of your body would have been affected by that torture. In Psalm 22, which is a, a prophecy, it says, All my bones are out of joint. Bone things were healed. Your organs would have been torn out with those whips that came around the front. Every part of you was torn and broken and bleeding so that our bodies could be whole. So Jesus, as we put this in our mouth today, just like that woman with the issue of blood, she knew nothing like we know. She didn't even have a Bible. She'd never even heard Jesus preach. She'd been locked up in a room. But she came and she just risked her life and she took it. You know that scripture, whatever things you desire, believe you have received them and you'll have them. That receive is to take. So let's take our healing today. I take mine. I'm standing for stuff. I thank you, Jesus. We take this. We take this bread representing your broken body and we put it in our mouth and ingest it in our mouth and believe for healing, even though it's been a long, long time. We take it, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. be in the Church of Ireland, you got a cup with wine in it. (laughs) Praise you, Lord. Thank you for your blood, Lord. Thank you for your blood, Lord. Let's just focus on the blood of Jesus. Life of the flesh is in the blood, the Bible says. When we take it, we're taking your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's take it as covenant blood. She said, this is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant is so much more powerful than the Old Testament ones. 
It means everything. There's so many covenant names. All the old covenant names are in the name of Jesus. In this is freedom, healing, peace, joy, answers. Everything is in your life. And as we take this today, give a revelation that we are, by, we are drinking in the blood of Jesus with the freedom and everything that we could possibly need. All things that pertain to life and godliness, he paid for with his blood. And as we do this symbolically, we receive them. We are so, so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. And we believe. We believe, Lord, in what we've just done. And we praise your holy name. And we will become praisers like never before. We will praise you every day. We'll praise you in all those times and rather let our mind go blank. We praise you instead. We fill it with praises. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if there's anybody here who needs to give their life to Jesus, we're going to have the prayer team come up here for people who, you know, who want to talk about something. Come up now. Just come forward and we'll lead you to the Lord. Unless, John, you want to do an altar call, I don't know what you want to do. We'll just come forward. Anybody, just, if you've never given your life to Jesus and none of this is available to you until you do, Heaven is your home and hell would be your home. It's a, it's a big decision. It's the greatest decision you could ever make. So anybody who feels they need to give their life or even come back to Jesus, if you've backslidden, just come forward and someone will put their arm around you and just help you. We give our lives. And let's all of us recommit today. Jesus, we give our lives to you afresh. We lay our lives on your altar and say, do what you want with us, Lord. We just want your plan. Any other plan that we've embraced that it wasn't of you, we cast it aside, we repent and we get rid of it. We just want to follow you and no one else. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We honor you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Anybody who needs prayer for anything, you know, if you need to repent, just for anything that's disturbing you, just come forward. There are people willing to pray with you. Nobody's looking. It's none of their business anyway. <laughs> come forward and receive a touch from the Lord today. Thank you, Lord. And I just speak a refreshing for John and Joanna. They've been through a hard time <laughs> physically. So we just pray for a supernatural refreshing and abundance and supply for everything in that house. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 